FC13 podcast is sponsored by Bet99. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of the FC13 podcast. We hope you enjoyed the winter break. We're looking forward to giving you more soccer podcasts than ever before. But before we go forward, we're going to take a little step back with the River Valley Vanguard supporters group of FC Edmonton. We're going to talk to them about their club, what happened, because, you know, we're going to talk about it, and what the future holds for the sport in Edmonton. Welcome back. I would like to apologise in advance, ladies and gentlemen. You know, we're in our we're in pre-season training here, essentially, for podcasting. We took a little bit of time off, so, you know, might not be up to full match sharpness, but, like, that's, we'll, we'll get there eventually. We'll get there eventually. Um, if um, if this doesn't come off well, if anyone asks, my name is, on, is Andre McRae. But if it goes well, my name is Paul McNulty, and I am joined by two very special guests, um, Noah and Ian. Hello. Hi there. Good afternoon. Thanks for the invite. Oh, absolutely. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. I'm sure if anyone has seen our, our Twitter, we were like searching high and low for um, FC Edmonton fans to do this with. And I was very fortunate you guys um, were able to answer the call. So you're from the River Valley Vanguard Supporters Group. Can you guys tell us a little bit about yourselves as a group? Yeah, of course we can. Um, basically, um, we just meet up um, before the games, um, usually at a, a local bar. Um, and... We're in the supporters group. Uh, well, we was in the supporters group, I guess. <laughs> um, in the supporters section during the games, um, starting the chants, singing, chanting, um, giving the referee and the opponent team a bit of abuse. And uh, yeah, we've been going um, obviously since the uh, CPL started. And some of the people in the group were obviously there in the old NSEL days as well. Excellent stuff. Um, I like I like to see that like. Um vocal and active fan support in the cpl it's one thing i've been a big fan i've been a big fan of since it started like the group may be small but it's noticeable in every ground that there's some sort of um singing section so it's that was very good to see so um kind of going on from what you said there about the old nacl day so edmonton is um it's actually one of the older clubs like at, it was one of the older clubs in canada at the time like you think of it was formed um, about 2010 i think it was i mean like tfc was only 2007 so um are you guys able to tell us a little bit about the history of um, FC FC Edmonton? Sure. Yeah. The uh, yeah. So the club started basically because Tom Fass decided, like Tom and Dave Fass decided, that they wanted to bring pro soccer to the city of Edmonton when the NASL was starting out. So they in 2010, the year before they even joined the league, they founded the club just to play a couple friendlies against South American opposition and bigger teams to bring them to Edmonton just to like get out the get the club support out. Oh wow! And they started then they started in the NASL and. 2011 and they played there f- basically from the start of the NSL till it folded in I believe it was 2017 they folded then we had our hiatus in 2018 until we finally joined the CPL in 2019. Ian, Ian has been a supporter for this long as me so you might have a bit more on the uh, nitty-gritty of the history there. Yeah it's basically what Noah was saying there. I mean I've been supporting SC Edmonton myself since uh, 2014 and um, yeah, I mean, we first started playing games at the um, Footfields, I believe it was. And they've had a, they played at a few places. Um, obviously, the last few years has been at Clark Stadium. And, uh, yeah, I mean, 
It's been difficult. It was in the NASL. Obviously, um, there was only one of a Canadian team in there, which was the Otter. And um, obviously, when they left um, that last year, it was always going to be difficult um, for the NASL and for FC Edmonton there. But, I mean, we had some uh, good times, um, especially in the 2014-15 season. So, crowds started getting better. Um, we made the playoffs. So, yeah, it was um, some fun times. Yeah, I was going to say, um, so um, I'll do this as like a two-parter in terms of favourite memories. Is a favourite memory of watching Edmonton during the um, NAS- NASL era? And was there a favourite memory during the CPL era? Um, yeah, back in the NASL, I think it would go back to um, two favourite, actually, parts um, for myself. One was when we um, played the uh, New York Cosmos and we beat them. And... Uh, yeah, when we scored that last goal, like the atmosphere and the players ran straight up to the crowd, jumping into us. It was fantastic. It was like the atmosphere was unreal. And um, also um, when we played the uh, the Whitecaps in the cup, um, we got robbed that game, but we basically matched them throughout the two games and it was fantastic. That's fantastic. That's fantastic to hear. What about the? I know the CPL wasn't exactly the best time for Edmonton. I don't think they made the playoffs. But is there any, any games that stand out at all, or any memories at least? We well, obviously the um, the opening game against the uh, Winnipeg um, Valor. Um, yeah, the opening game against um, Winnipeg um, obviously stands out. Um, we had a good um, crowd there. We had about twenty twenty five people from Edmonton go over to Winnipeg. Oh, and, wow. um, yeah, it was a um, great atmosphere, and to get that win was just um, something special. Yeah, that's incredible. That's a lot. That's a very long trip for um for those um listening outside of Canada right now. Um, to put that into perspective, in the UK, it's probably the length of the UK, <laughs> and then some. <laughs> so that's a long way to go. So um, I guess unfortunately we're going to have to get to like the sort of like elephant in the room around the whole point we're doing this podcast today and why Edmonton has been in the news recently um, regarding the financial problems. So like, when was it that you guys first started to realise that all was not well with the club financially? Uh, we've Basically, we've known that for a long time that the club has never been good financially. Because mm-hmm. like when we left the NAS- NASL, we the club had to go to the city council to even to beg basically for them to, re- to use Clark Field again because the Elks needed it for one practice a year because, you know, because in Edmonton, for some reason, that seemed to be more, for some counselors more important. But so they would go and they mentioned how Tom Fast every year in the NSL was losing easily over a million dollars, which is now which has now been revealed as some seasons been closer to 10 million. He's he lost. Oh, my God. So like he lost serious money in the NSL and he was hoping that the CPL with the shorter travel times and maybe more fan support, it might make it a bit easier. In 2019, we had a decent enough year. We were getting around three, 3,500 fans a game about kind of thing. So we had a pretty decent year then, but then COVID kind of trashed everything. And then in our previous year, the 2021 season, when we were only getting 900 fans a game, we started realizing that there were serious systemic problems with the club. And then there were some things over the winter, like our GM getting fired without even knowing, even knowing he was fired was a bit of an issue. Because we were like, well, why didn't Tom Fath tell him? Then we realized, oh, it's because the league owns the club, not Tom Fath anymore. And then after that point, we just kind of started knowing that something 
that all was not well and if we didn't get an owner we were done yeah like i'm kind of relatively new into being an active supporter of the cpl like i only you know immigrated to canada a couple of years ago and it was this off seasons when i first started paying it started paying attention so um, i knew it was bad going into this season i just never realized that been like being hold over the club for so long must have been like a sort of like sense of anxiety there like the whole time or like maybe i don't want to say relief but like um i guess we can move on to that like so how did you feel when the news like became official that the the club had folded was it just like it it's finally happened sort of thing it was a mixture of feelings um you sort of touched on it in one sense it was a bit of relief because it was like okay we knew it was sort of gonna happen um as much as we didn't want to admit it it was the writing was on the wall it's been on the wall for a long time so it was a bit of relief there obviously sad and then also um a lot of anger um especially with the um the um statement what got put out by the cpl where they're blaming the uh they're blaming the fans not turning up and also about the stadium um, the stadium was a big factor in it, um, more so to do with, with it being not um, Soccer Pacific Stadium. That was the biggest issue with the stadium. There's a lot of things you can do with it. It's not great as it is now, but there is a lot of things you can do with the stadium to make it better. Um, I mean, you, all you got to do is just look at some of the other grounds um, around the league. They were great stadiums when they first um, announced they were going to play there. Whereas now, like you look at Pacific's ground, um, fantastic stadium. They've done a lot of work there. Um, they're doing a lot of work at Spruce Meadows. That new stand, what they've got there, creates a lot of atmosphere and uh, noise. And you could easily do things like that at the um, Clark Stadium. However, with it being not not belonging to the club or the city not saying, yeah, we're going to use it just for Soccer Pacific, that's been a bit of the issue. But yeah, the league really um, stuck the knife in this year, especially with the uh, the schedule. What they did. I mean, oh all... yeah, I I complained a lot on our podcast about Edmonton's schedule. I remember this. I remember yeah. like those things that started that ticked me off. Where they like went on this like stupid, unnecessary road trip. I thought, and it was yeah, it was a little. It was a little things like I think they played a Friday night game the same day as the Oils were playing a playoff, and I'm just wondering what, why couldn't you have moved that to the Saturday? Like that would have just been like one of those small things you could have done, and um, I think I remember like in the middle was it like July and August like you know perfect weather for soccer and you can get like, families yeah. out, not a, yeah, single, home a single home game. game. Like that's just no. that's just I think the league yeah just there's a sense of um they 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 weren't even they were trying the bare minimum was getting put in there wasn't there? Yeah, and the and the league told us basically. Like they sugarcoated it for their reason about why it was. They're like, oh, because Calgary and a couple of the clubs couldn't use their stadium until uh, mid and May. So we had to put all the Edmonton's home games in May so you guys didn't get any in July and August. When really it's because, because since we were owned by the league, nobody was fighting for a club in those meetings and they're deciding the schedule. So Calgary's owner, Winnipeg's owner, and a, and one other owner for fighting saying, no, we can't play at home in April. So somebody there for Edmonton like, oh, well, we'll just give Edmonton all these shitty games when it's minus two in the middle of April. Yeah, people Snow. go out and go out and watch that. Because then, when you saw, once we started getting into those July, August, September months, even with no marketing and a half budget on a team that everybody knew when you went in, went into Clark City, and you're like, "Yep, we're we're, we're most likely going to lose. If we win, it's going to be a memory." 
because we knew every game, like the chance of us winning was slim or, or next to nothing. Right. So like when you have that kind of scenario and the weather's shitty, if you're a casual supporter, like the, the supporter group would go every game because we're diehards, we're crazies about it. But for a casual fan, why the hell would you go when it's minus two and you're not going to win? I remember watching like one game in particular at the start of the season. I think it was against York. It was kind of like a later kickoff, snow coming down. And like, I imagine you guys would have been there. I just remember like feeling genuinely just really sorry for every Edmonton fan that was there. You guys didn't deserve that. Because like you were saying in the summer, like, it looks really nice. Like I remember, there was like a bouncy castle there. That looked like <laughs> the, the stadium size looked. It looked good on TV. And you know, Alan Koch, as far as I'm concerned, like I've said it on, I've said it before. Like I feel like he sh- he should have won um, manager of the season last year to get like one point out of that team. Never yeah. mind the amount that he did. I think he was an absolute <laughs> no. mir- an absolute miracle worker with that team. And at times, the football looked all, looked all right. They had some decent players, and they were like they had much more steam and momentum once they got that first win against Ottawa than they really should have had. So it's, I think the big shame for me as well is like, it was, I know it was, it was always going to amount to nothing because it was lone, lone players and just mis, misfits basically. But it felt like, you know, like there might have been something there if they were able to survive, but I guess just they, they were never really going to, they weren't going to survive where they, I guess, when we, when we think about it. No, unless we had a new owner come in who was like, who would have sucked up and paid off the debts of FC Edmonton and kept it. We were, the writing was on the wall for most of that season. But like, the best thing about the season was that all the players there knew that this was basically like, okay, if you're playing for FC Edmonton, this is your last opportunity to make it in this league. Mm-hmm. So even if they weren't fighting for the shirt, they were fighting for themselves and their livelihoods. So every game, they all went out there and they gave it their 110%. Like, some season passed for FC Edmonton, you're watching a game, you're like, are these guys even trying? Like, I remember even in 2019, there were some games that were like, are these players even fighting for the shirt? Like, do they even want to be here? Whereas this season, there was not one concern about any of the players wanting to be there. They all wanted to go out and do the best they could, and you could see it in the emotion of that final home game when uh, I think it was Batar scored at, like, the 89th minute against Valor. Like, the entire team came over and jumped in the stands and started hugging and celebrating with us. Like, that shows, like, this team had the passion and the drive to win it just when you're on half a budget and every team can sign these big stars to play for their team, like like even some of our best players having to move to other CPL clubs, like Didish having to move to Pacific because we couldn't afford him anymore, right? Like mm-hmm. you knew you're, you knew every game, like when you're playing with 18-year-olds and you have Amr Didish against you, like the chances of you scoring that on that team are very low, but they would still, even though they knew there was little chance of scoring, they would still try and fight every, for every minute of that game. Yeah, I think that's a good point for us to take a quick break if you guys don't mind. New season, new ads, so have those ears ready to listen, give me some money please, and then we'll move on to the rest of our conversation. FC 13 Podcast is sponsored by Bet99. Bet99 is a Canadian sportsbook and casino. They offer in-play betting, player props, a cash-out option, and many more great products. There are a variety of sports available on the website to bet on, including NHL, NBA, NFL, and the MLB. Bet99 works smoothly on both desktop and mobile. And the Bet99 mobile app can be downloaded from the homepage of the website. Depositing and withdrawing funds are hassle-free with a number of well-known methods available to you so you know your money is safe and secure. The website can be viewed in both English and French, and customer service is available 24-7 on live chat. 
So go to bet99.com and make an account to get started. Remember to use our code 13thmansports1, but please gamble responsibly. 19 plus, play responsibly. Available to persons in Ontario only. Subject to successful AGCO registration and execution of an operation agreement with iGambling Ontario. If you have any questions or concerns about your gambling or the gambling of someone close to you, please contact Connex Ontario 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. And now, back to the show. And welcome back. We're thankful that you can keep joining us on this podcast. I'm here with River Valley Vanguard Supporters Group from FC Edmonton. And so we kind of went over a little bit the last season and how you guys felt when the news all went down. Um, do you think, what do you think was the biggest factor then that clubs demise? And do you think there was anything that could have been done differently to have an Edmonton in the CPL in 2023? Um, I, definitely lots of things what could have been done. Um, I mean, we heard about lots of rumours and you don't really know exactly how much these rumours were true about certain teams, certain um, groups um, wanting to buy a Edmonton. And as a fan, we're never, ever going to know exactly what went down on why they didn't. There's lots of rumours and that's all it is. The only people who really know are the people close to the club. Um, when you said um, it was just a mixture, it really was a mixture of lots and lots of things. Um, and that just ended up been um there were certain things what really with the final nails in the coffin um but i think it's been going on for years really with um tom for whatever reason losing um somewhat of interest i mean you could probably go back from to the actual just as the cpl was starting um he actually set up some kind of a media group and he was supposed to be having his own rights and things like that but in the end the league took over it and he lost a lot of money there before the even CPL even started. So, like I said, it's, it's gone on from the start. Um, we mentioned about the stadium um, and the crowds, but I don't think they were the biggest factors um, of us losing the, uh, the the team. I think it was more to do with um, the league wanting to um, separate themselves in the end from Tom and for whatever reasons themselves didn't go through maybe it's going to be a case of um it's now separated so a new group can come in afresh and that's maybe what the league wanted all along that's what it seems to us especially with um, the things what the league's done in the past for sc edmonton yeah i don't want to be like disrespectful to other teams but like yeah i don't really buy the attendance as being the main reason we see like for example the attendances you can get at york united that aren't a million miles higher than Edmonton and you don't hear of the same problems with them and like they're getting like a new stadium in a couple of years as a couple of years as well so I think I think you're onto something there like I know that CPL at the top is a little bit of a closed shop you know with the deal with um one saw you know with Media Pro CBC like they want their get they want their guys in there they want their guys in there but you've got to look at all the trouble it's been are getting like um, CBA's deal with the Canadian national teams and um, all like the falling out of it. Are they or are they not going to do a women's professional league? And when they do, it's got nothing to do with one soccer. Then the league again puts out a bit of a passive aggressive statement about it. So I can I, I can totally buy the idea of them. Then want to have one of their guys in Ed, Edmonton. I guess we're just going to have to 
wait and see. It like it really is a shame because um what was like Edmonton has given us so many more the sport so many moments. Like we've seen the size of the crowds in Edmonton when Canada hosted the twenty fifteen World Cup. I think back to that game against China with the big massive crowds. They won one nil um to start off the World Cup campaign, you know. You look even just not that far back ago with the um the famous Ice Teca games against Costa Rica and Mexico. Again, huge crowds. Uh, Andre, our other um, other podcast host, was there, and he said it was actually the coldest day of his life. But yeah, like it was like <laughs> <laughs> no, there was, um, there's so many there's so many people there anyway, and um little things like you know Alfonso Davies um famously like grew up in Edmonton, so there's a lot of like he's basically able to fly the flag for the city. Do you do you guys think that Edmonton is a soccer city, if that makes sense? Like there I, is a, a potential here? I don't think it currently is a soccer city. Like, because even though we get big support, <laughs> we're more what I would call a big event city. Mm. Like, for example, for for a women for a women's national team friendly, like let's say the women's team came to Edmonton and a couple of weeks from now and played China in a friendly. The chances of you getting maybe fifteen to twenty thousand people are pretty low. Like that, like that's probably what, what you're hoping for. And same thing if the national team came and played Mexico. Like you, like fifteen twenty thousand is probably what you're hoping for, max. And that's for an A level international soccer picture. Whereas you you say, oh, it's World Cup qualifying, boom, everyone shows up. It's a World Cup game, everyone shows up just because, again, it is a big event, right? Even if, if you even look at the Elks who have been a, who I don't like, but are a team that have been here for, like since the. 40s or 50s or whatever the CFL mm-hmm. started, right? Even their support is dwindling down to now where they have to give away free tickets to home games until they win because nobody wants to show up. <laughs> yeah, unless you're the Oilers, for a while. <laughs> yeah, unless you're the Empton Oilers, you're not going to get attendance unless, unless you fight and work for it. Like, because even though we have a made a gigantic minor soccer community, that's that hasn't translated into people buying tickets because the fast three years have brought out these minor soccer teams. And they've never come back. They give them free tickets. They'll come for that one game. And then you'll never see them again. So, like, the issue is there is a there is a chance we could become a soccer city because there are people who are willing to watch the sport of soccer. Just how do you convert them from being strictly Edmonton Oilers fans to wanting to support the Oilers in the winter then when, it, then when spring summer times come around, go out to Clarkfield and watch whatever our next professional team is playing a game? Yeah, um... I, I thought, like, if, um, say, the Edmonton bid for the World Cup was successful, that would have um, been a huge factor in, like, helping that along. But, like, it sounds like what you're saying is, and I can imagine that this being a situation where, like, 2026 rolls along, the, the spent God knows how, many, how much money, like, uh, making the stadium look pretty. It's filled for about three games and then um, doesn't, really build from, doesn't really build from that then. So I guess in that sense, I can see why, like, ultimately it doesn't... Um, make the final but the final cities list well the final cities list was mainly because like because for a while we were supposed to be hosting yeah it was because, you in toronto for the longest time i think yeah for us and it was us in toronto and then our premier decided to put a demand on fifa saying well if you're gonna if we're gonna spend money we have to have at least five games in edmonton and then of course even though we were probably gonna get that anyway fifa doesn't like demand so they went to the next closest city vancouver and said hey any chance you will host games and once they said yes, that was, again, done in Dustin Bremston. Because if we had hosted the World Cup, we probably would still have a team. Because as you see in Toronto, once the World Cup was announced, they announced a brand new spanking new stadium that 
that will probably be for York United want to spell for that World Cup. So if we had got got the World Cup, there's, there's a good chance the city of Edmonton would be like, you know what, time to build a new soccer-specific stadium that'll look nice for the World Cup. And then once that's gone, boom, there you have your new stadium for FC Edmonton. So I think if the World Cup was here, FC Edmonton would have stayed because the CPL would have been like, well, fine, and someone would have someone would have taken the fire and said, you know what, I'll, I'll pay the money, I'll give it a chance. And hopefully it turn, turns out, but with everything going the way it did, it was just going from almost from bad to worse this year. And it just put the writing every, was it just another nail in that coffin that sealed our future? Yeah, another shiny nail in there, it sounds like then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, I somewhat agree what Noah said. Um, I mean, Edmonton's proved it is a soccer city stadium. Um, city, sorry. However, as what he did say, though, is correct. It's the big games. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't want to insult too many people here, but I usually call them Premier League snobs, and that's what they are. Um, they just want to see the top games. Um, like, there's a huge, huge supporter groups, um, different um, teams in England have big supporter groups here, Liverpool being one of the biggest. And when Liverpool are playing, there's always a big crowd at the um, one of the bars. Um, in the final, there's like lots of the bars will have the game on, they'll be packed out, what people watching it. Um, during the World Cup, um, when Canada played, it, the bar was jam-packed. We had more people obviously watching than what England had in the bar for the first opening games. Um, so definitely it's a soccer city. Um, however, it's just they want the big games. They want to see the best players. And it's um, trying to get people to understand that that's not going to happen unless they support the local teams to help build on that for the future. Yeah, and there's like there's there's tons of there's tons of potential there. Unfortunately, I think that's the reality in a lot of places. Just like people are just really interested in the Premier League, like the highest standard. So like even as you know, someone's talking from Scotland, like I went to school with guys who were like who like Manchester, like unironically, be like total Manchester United or Liverpool fans, and they just left me feeling uncomfortable because like. I just grew up so close to like say Celtic, Rangers, Motherwell, Hamilton Academical, Airdrie, like all these clubs right on the doorstep and uh, it, it does yeah, it's not something that really sits too right with me in that sense, but like I guess the problem is like convincing those people rather than like trying to shame them into that's not I don't know if that would work. So um I guess the next so on a more later note, I guess, like in a more optimistic note, um how confident are you guys that professional soccer will return to Edmonton? Mark Noonan was um, involved in MLS when they folded and that my that first Miami team, and we've seen now that the MLS has indeed gone back to Miami and it seems to be working there. Do you think does that, does that give you hope for the future that they do intend to bring Edmonton back? I definitely think there'll bring be another professional team here in Edmonton. I think the CPL actually needs it. I think mm -hmm. it's, without FC Edmonton, it's weaker than what it has been in the future years. And they probably don't realise it now because obviously FC um, Vancouver are in it this year, which gives them the eight teams again. But it's definitely devalued the CPL, I think, with a team which is a founder member for the first year, obviously um, going out of business. It's definitely devalued it, I believe. Um, in the future, definitely. Um, obviously, it's not going to be next year. I don't know if it's going to happen for 2024. Um, 
some things which have going to make it even harder now is the league their statement um criticizing clark stadium because that obviously would be the ideal spot for any team potential team to actually come back and then have something in place for a stadium i mean it's going to be really difficult for a team to come in a group and build a brand new stadium straight off the bat without even playing a year or two at clark stadium and i think that's probably the only place really which could host cpl games at the moment yeah the only sorry the only chance i really think fc Hampton has is if like the saving grace of daryl cates comes in and decides you know what i'm i'll take a chance on soccer because he basically owns every other pro or even semi like any big sports team in edmonton except the elks he has his he has his toe in the water on so i wouldn't be surprised if like i think the only way it happens if cates comes in and says i'll build play a clark for one year and i'll build you i'll build a cpl stadium in edmonton that'll be the best one in the league unless something like that happens I don't see FC Edmonton having a team for the next couple of years at least until the Seaple decides, okay, we we need someone in Edmonton and then reneges on their thing about Clark Stadium and just says, someone go there and get it get us a team there and just play. Mm-hmm. I look at Halifax as like a maybe like a reasonably optimistic as well. They technically they technically play in like a temporary stadium and it's basically held up with scaffolding and duct tape. And um, like that's revered as like you know like one of the stadiums in the CPL, yeah. like the place to go. And if you actually look at it out of match day with no fans there, it looks ridiculously bare bones. So you think of like that standard you need, like yeah, hopefully something can get worked out, worked out, worked out there. I'm sure there's like um, enough grass somewhere in Edmonton lying around they can use. <laughs> I mean, you mentioned Halifax. I mean, have been a great one of the best places to watch, but it's not. Mm-hmm. It's not for the stadium. It's for the fans. The fans of Halifax are absolutely fantastic. You can't fault them at all. Um, they've really taken it on to heart. I mean, not sure what else they've got in Halifax. <laughs> that obviously helps them. But no, the fans there have been fantastic. It's great atmosphere there. I've watched a lot of games. Um, um, what Halifax have played. And it's always great to hear them in full voice and the atmosphere, what they bring to games. Um, what I will say about whoever does come in um, needs to have a couple of things. One is he obviously needs to have a fantastic business plan um, because if they don't have a, fant- a great business plan and actually a, a plan, what the fans can get on board with and actually believe, again, same thing, the fans aren't going to um, support them. We've had too many false promises over the years. And whoever that person is, don't necessarily need to be um, a football soccer fan themselves, but they need soccer people behind them for certain. And that's not what's that's been the biggest problem in the past with Tom. They were never soccer people really, they weren't even sports people. They just wanted to give something to the community. And they did, and it was fantastic. And we have a lot of respect for them for what they did in the NSL days. But there was too many mistakes made, a lot of money, and they listened to the wrong people. A lot of wrong advice was given. So, if they can get it right this time, then whoever it could, is who comes in, then it will definitely work. Yeah, fingers fingers crossed on that one. <laughs> so, um, I don't know if this question's like 
sac- sacrilege or not. I mean, you know, there's like a team three hours down the road. I imagine you're not going to give me this, give me an answer for here. Um, is there any other CPL or MLS team that you like can imagine yourself having a soft spot, or maybe even goes far to support going forward in the in the meantime while there's no Edmonton team? For me, that's a big fat no. Yeah, I thought because, that. <laughs> because even though, like, there are former players that I, like, for me, it's I want to see my, our former players succeed. Like, I'd love to see Angaro or Didich have success because, right, they were founding players for, for a club in a CPL, mm-hmm. and they gave us a lot of good memories. So I'd like to see them succeed. But as for clubs, there have been memories, like, for, for and against for most clubs that make it hard, like, hard, if not impossible for me to even, to, like, say, yeah, I'll go support them, like, like especially Hamilton and Calgary, there's no chance I will ever support either of those teams in any capacity. So for me, and for me, so watching sports, especially soccer, is an extremely emotional thing. Like you have to have some sort of skin in the game. You have to some for some reason have the passion to care about it, mm-hmm. or else it's just why are you watching? Like if you don't have that passion for it, why watch them until Edmonton comes back? Like there's not really any draw for me to watch the CPL or the MLS. Like, because I didn't even watch the MLS much anyway. So mm-hmm. for me, it's probably not. Um, yeah, I'll uh, say exactly the same. Sporting another team, nah, just not going to happen. Um, I mean, um, when you mentioned the MLS. Um, I think a lot of the Eddies fans has a soft spot for the Portland Timbers. Um, their supporter group actually they've come over and they've actually came out to a few games they actually went out to Victoria with us as well on um, that first year and they've helped us out in the past um, supporters group so a lot of us will always follow their games and they've got some fantastic fans there Um, I'd love to go to a game over there just for the atmosphere it looks phenomenal yeah it does certainly but when it comes to the CPL and actually supporting a team once an Eddie Always an Eddie. <laughs> yeah, you know what? This wasn't a test, but if it was a test, you both passed. <laughs> <laughs> and um, one, one last question for us to end on then. Um, so what are you guys going to miss the most about Edmund, FC Edmonton not being around next season? Are you guys as a like sports group, do you like still intend to like, meet up, for example? Yeah, we've yeah, talked about um, Yeah, we've um, had a brief um, discussion about it. Um, we wanted to obviously get the World Cup out the way and um I think Christmas New Year and we're gonna meet in the new year and discuss things what we can maybe do. Um we definitely want to keep the supporters group going. Um I think uh we'll may go to um some of the lo- other local um teams um be it the basketball or somewhere like that I don't know for certain games get together have a good old sing chant because that's what we miss. <laughs> Have a few beers yeah. with the lads. So that's the things what I'm going to really miss myself is, yeah, just getting together with um, like-minded people, friends, and yeah, having a good sing chant and having a good time, really. Yeah, I have to echo what Ian said. Like, because yeah, we want to get the Christmas period out of the way, but after the Christmas New Year period out of the way, but we but we said we do want to keep the group going. We want to find some way to keep our name out there and show the CPL CPL and potential owners that there still is the, the support for a team in Edmonton. And yeah, the main thing I'm going to miss is just going to games and being able to chant for 90 minutes, get maybe give the opposing players some abuse 
And then always the moments when you see that abuse or the you're running or you're cheering for your team playoff. So like those moments of like feeling that I actually, even if it's a minuscule effect, have some form of effect on a game is probably one of the things I'm going to miss. Like for that last game against Fowler, when we saw when we were, because the entire game we were hampering on Daryl Fordyce and to see him, the anger just bubble over and him get that red card <laughs> at the end of the game. Like those sort of memories where you just see stuff like that happen. Those are the things I'm going to miss for you. Like, yes, we had that impact. We helped our team win this game. Those kind of few memories are what I'm really going to miss about supporting a, a team. I know exactly what you mean. Like my, my dad still tells me this day a story of the 80s. He was at a game between Leeds and Bournemouth and he said something to the Leeds player because he used to play for Rangers and they end up doing a foul throw. So I still hear about that about 40, 40 years on. So uh, on, on that note, um, gentlemen, Vit, thank you very much for having me here. Um, yeah, like I hope the future's bright for the sport in Ed, for the sport in Edmonton. I really hope you guys get another club. Like you said, I don't think the league is complete without a team in Edmonton. You know, it's one of the biggest cities in Canada, and so for there to be nothing there, it's a crying shame. So as much as you guys do, I hope there's going to be a team in Edmonton. Fairly, like as quick as possible and um in the meantime i wish you guys the uh, best of luck and success and everything that the river valley vanguard supporters group do going forwards thanks I've been, I've, yeah thanks very much i really appreciate it and have a great new year thank you very much yep yeah, well don't i don't know when this is going to come out so um if it's february or march we're still going to wish a happy new year anyway you know, we're, we're going to be polite like that <laughs> I don't. I, I'm not really in charge of when these go out. They just happen. I've been. I've been Paul from the FC Thirteen podcast. This has been Noah and Ian from River Valley Vanguard Supporters Group. Wishing you a, yeah, we wish you a very happy new year, and I hope you enjoy everything the 2023 season has to bring. Cheers, mate.